Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Facets Friday. Before we begin, an announcement from Facets. The neurobehavioral conditions, including FASD, understanding and application of the Facets brain-based approach. This introductory workshop is a prerequisite for advanced workshops and certifications offered by FACETS. It provides information about fetal alcohol, neurobehavioral conditions, and the effects of alcohol and other drugs on the brains and behaviors of children, adolescents, and adults. Fetal alcohol and neurobehavioral conditions are brain-based neurobehavioral conditions with behavioral symptoms. This workshop will educate you on a best practices approach for increasing understanding of fetal alcohol and neurobehavioral conditions, reducing frustration, and expanding options. Case examples and successful accommodations are central to this training. This introductory online workshop will be held over six Fridays starting January 21st, 2022 through February 25th. 2022, from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. It will be six two-hour live online sessions. Workshop seating is limited, so register early. You can register on facets.org. That's F-A-S-C-E-T-S dot org. And make sure you let them know that FASD Hope referred you. And now we'll start our Facets Friday episode with Lance Chart. Today's topic, working as a team, the importance of a dad's perspective. Today, I'll be speaking with Lance Chart. Lance Chart is the founder and owner of Chart Aggregate Delivery Corporation. He served in the Army for four years, and he has been married to his wife, Stacy for over 29 years. Together, they have four children, three of whom are grown, three grandchildren, and a small farm in Albany, Oregon. Lance is also a certified facets facilitator and the proud dad of a young daughter who has an FASD. Lance, we are so happy today because this is a combination of a dad cast and facets Friday, and you bring two awesome perspectives to our episode. So welcome to FASD Hope. Well, thank you, Natalie. I'm really excited to be here and, and uh, hope I can do a good job for you. Oh, we will have a good time. Trust me. We will. This will be a great episode and it will our dad cast slash facets Friday. This is like a, a double shot because, you know, our dad cast episodes are so popular and our facets Fridays episodes are so popular and to hear both perspectives in one episode really will be valuable. I know for many of our listeners. So let's start from the beginning. Can you share your family's journey and what led you to wanting to become an educator and a facets facilitator? We had begun the process of um, becoming foster parents and 
Stacy and I both worked full-time at the time. So we wanted short-term placement, school-age children. And uh, we thought that would be a, a good way to, to give back, to help out, whatever. And uh, before we even finished our certification, uh, Stacy got a call one afternoon. We have this four-week-old baby we'd like you to take. And she said, no, we can't do that. Our youngest child is 16. We don't have any baby stuff. We both work full time. It can't happen. So she was telling some of her girlfriends at work. And at the time, she was afloat at uh, her medical clinic that she worked at. So she worked in every department and she knew everybody. And it went around the whole place. And pretty soon she had a brand new pack and play in the box a car seat stroller combination, bags of clothes, and daycare lined up. So she called me up and said this, and I said, well, it sounds like God wants us to have this child. So let's give it a try. And about six weeks, maybe a month, six weeks in, we came to realize that this was going to be a very long-term placement and she would probably never go back to her parents. Um, so we started thinking about that and ended up adopting her. And about, let's see, she was born in 11. In, I wanna say 13, we attended yeah, maybe it was about 13, 2013. We attended a uh, three-day seminar with Diane Malvin. And on the second day, we sat there and looked at each other and said, she's talking about Tiva. This is it. And uh, shortly after that, the next year or so, we... Uh, got her into the University of Washington and got a diagnosis. And even though we already knew that was still a very hard, the, there was a lot of tears that day. Um, but it was still a good thing. It was just uh, a little bit of mourning in there to, to, uh, to start our new our new life and our new way of thinking. <laughs> yes. And, and it's a mind shift. So for those of you, before we continue, Lance, just, I, I forgot to mention Stacy Lance's wife was on a couple of weeks ago on facets Friday. She is a facilitator and works for facets and she spoke about prepping for the holidays. Wonderful. Getting ready for the holiday season. And Stacy, it was funny because Lance popped in while we were interviewing and I said, oh, Lance, maybe I'll get to talk to you sometime. And, and here we are two weeks later. <laughs> so if anybody's saying chart, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, it's Stacy's husband. And Stacy said the same exact thing. And we, we spoke about that during our interview, Lance, that, you know, for us, when my husband and I read trying differently rather than harder, we both cried because it was like reading about our son in the book. And then when we went to the facets training. 
I went to the first two days. He went to the last day because in between during the training, our son had to go to the ER. And yeah, oh. if that doesn't scream FASD, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm I'm in a three day training for FASD and, you know, my kid, you know, wrecked his uh, go kart and had to go to the ER. So, yeah, that, so we between the two of us, we have the three day training. That's our joke. But yeah, there really is a mind shift. And you really what Stace and I were talking about is. I think you mourn the expectations and you mourn the traditional things you were quote unquote looking you know forward to. And and it becomes learning about how to celebrate in a different way. Does that sound about right? Absolutely. I that was um a very difficult thing for me. I was kind of as a father a disciplinarian. Um, I, I grew up on spare the rod, spoil the child. And my big kids still say I spoil her to this day. Um, we're, we're breaking down some walls slightly there, but, but it's, it's a process or a process as all of our Canadian friends and facets. <laughs> and, um, it was definitely learning to do things differently and expectations is key. Um, I don't want to say lowering your expectations, but changing your expectations. Or and, re- recreating them. Honestly, you, you're, yeah. we, we talked to Stacy and I talked about that with regards to the holiday season. You really are creating new traditions, new ways of doing things. Yes. And, and in so many ways that you have to do that um, because parenting Tiva is a full-time gig and we definitely lean on each other. We definitely tag team. There are days um, where one of us is the favorite and that's the only one that's going to get it done. And then a few days later it switches. And, um, one of the things that will sometimes happen, uh, since I'm out of the house and working Tiva and mom will be very close and then they'll get to button heads over something. And I will come in and I will scoop Tiva up and take her away. And one of the things that Stacy says, I always rescue Tiva. But in my mind, I'm rescuing Stacy because I'm taking Tiva out of the situation and resetting her and finding a way to soothe, soothe that situation and get us back to a level field. And in the moment, sometimes Stacy has trouble seeing that and I'm not trying to, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a give and take. This um, is resonating so much with me, Lance, because I used to say that John did the same thing with our son when he was little, especially before we really, you know, learned about the facets neurobehavioral approach that, you know, he was just scooping him up and, and, and rescuing him. But he would say the same thing. I, I I'm doing this so that you can have a break and so that he can reset. And it's, I'm so glad you're mentioning this because 
when you today's topic, we're, we're talking about working as a team in parenting, you know, and a, a dad's your perspective. When you talk about tag team parenting, which I love and I say that a lot, you really it's like, here's the baton. No, you have the baton today. You have the baton today. That's what we joke. We're you're like, it. OK, you're it. Exactly. It's Those exactly. Go. But what you're doing is really you're you're saying a totally classic example of an accommodation where you are helping your daughter reset. And in so many of our kids, especially when they're younger and especially when they're so totally dysregulated, just literally physically resetting, you know, different room, different environment. A lot of times that's what their brain needs to, you know, stop the perseveration or stop the meltdown or stop the the limbic rage or whatever, a physical reset. So I just appreciate you sharing that with me, Lance, because I know that we have done the same thing. And, and just so much of what you're saying, I'm just nodding my head here going, yep, yep. That's, that's us. That's, that's us. So before we continue more into, into your family's journey and into your perspective, at what point did you and Stacy decide, Hey, we want to become facilitators in facet? Um, well, we were in the TOT three class and they were called TOTs back then, um, which was 15, 16. We we graduated in 16. Um, we just felt a need to further educate people around us. When we were diagnosed at university of Washington, they told us to build a team around us of people who get it. And one of the things that, that happened was with our pediatrician, since Stacy worked at that office, she, she'd hand him articles all the time because he didn't want to give us a referral for a, for a diagnosis to UW. And eventually he said, okay, I'll do it. So she just kept feeding information. And we found that kind of pushback in so many places and we figured with her starting school, um, we needed more ammo. We wanted to build a bigger team. So we already had a pretty good team with facets. I mean, what? who better to find, right? Um, we've built an international team. We've got friends all over the world who have been on this journey with us. And so that continues to grow. So we decided to take the trainer trainer classes and we took it together and it was a wonderful experience. And we, we just found that uh, being able to share and having the information and being taught how to present it in a way that made it work for everybody. So we could explain it to people because a lot of people still think it's a Santa Claus syndrome. It, it doesn't exist. It's only in your imagination. And that is, it's been so helpful that way. And it's been, well, I don't want to jump ahead, but just like in our parenting, we have different presentation styles. And so we, can bounce that back and forth with each other. And when we present stuff together, now we haven't done a full three day or anything like that together, 
but we've done several uh, short uh, three-hour intros to uh, groups that helped us get where we are, uh, CASA and ARC and... All those great organizations that yeah. support the the FASD slash NB community. So yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. So today we're talking about working as a team. So you all, not only do you and Stacey work as a team in parenting, obviously, and in marriage, but in presenting and, sh- and teaching others about FASD, about facets, and then about the brain-based neurobehavioral approach. Why do you think sharing your, your story and how you and Stacy became trainers. Why do you think it's so important for families, for anyone involved in this to get the perspective of a dad, of a husband? Because so often we, we hear from moms on this journey. So that's why people love it when we do our dad cast, you know, and have dads on because the perspective of dad in this is very important. And you have this wonderful, again, double perspective of both being a dad and being a facets facilitator. Um, why is this so important to communicate to people when they're learning about FASD, brain-based diagnoses, and the neurobehavioral approach? Well, the first thing is that the, the whole family and, and extended family need to be on board um, because to an outsider, it may and does look like we're spoiling the child. Um, to have the whole family involved, you get um, everybody is different. Everybody has a different way of doing things. Stacy and I have different strengths and different styles, both presenting and parenting. Um, I'm kind of more calm. I, I'm a calming presence for Tiva. I can scoop her up and, and pull her back in from wherever she is and get her to reset just by holding her or rocking her. I will immediately go get her uh, favorite blanket and a cup of chocolate milk, and I can solve all the world's problems. Stacy tends to be a little bit more reactive. And so Sometimes that's why I have to go rescue. <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, she's going to hear all this. Reset, reset. Stacy, <laughs> my friend, reset. We're saying reset. And you know what? Stacy and I, this is why Stacy and I really enjoyed talking with each other because we are, we are like, we have the same type of personality. Lance, I got to mm-hmm. warn you. John is the calming presence. I'm the, you know, volcano gonna explode whenever full of emotion i'm like you know the the all of the emotions so yes yes reset since tiva is a little girl stacy's better at playing little girl things uh tiva loves to play barbies and and so stacy will sometimes have to sit and play barbies for several hours (laughs) but when uh when it when it comes down to it you know one of us is going to have to be the one to, to pull her into the reset when, when it's not going right for the other. And, and it, that's a two way street. Um, back in our past, we were also a presenting couple for a, an organization called Lutheran engaged encounter, which was a premarital retreat weekend counseling thing. 
And one of the sayings there was marriage isn't a 50-50 proposition. Marriage is 100%, 100%. And if you don't have anything to give, the other person still has 100%. And so it, I, I look to that and see the same thing here because it's hard. Some days it's really, really hard. And having Stacy to back me up when I'm not the right thing, which can change from day to day, um, what it's going to take to reset. And I love that, Lance, that you're saying that because we really are just pouring our entire selves into this parenting experience when we have a child with an FASD or, an, or a brain-based diagnosis. And you do, you literally feel like you are tapped out. Like if somebody put a spigot on me and just like totally drain my, my all of my physical energy, okay. emotional energy. <laughs> so yeah. So it is a hundred percent slash a hundred percent experience. So knowing that you're a partner um, and I found for, for my husband and I, the more we, we learned and practiced the neurobehavioral approach, the, the less, you know, we still have conflict. We still have disagreements, but it really has strengthened us as a team. You know, I don't know if you found that too. It really has strengthened us as a team because, you know, not only do we think about, okay, the brain brace approach, but I find we give each other a lot of grace, which I think is really important in this journey is, is, you know, you're not parenting under quote unquote, typical circumstances, you know, your, your, your parenting journey is very different. Therefore your, you know, your spouse, your, your partner, your marriage is going to be different, you know? So having that hundred percent buy-in and knowing that your husband or your wife has your back that I think, I feel like that's grown, um, for us. I, I don't, I don't, I'm sure you would probably agree. I would totally agree. <laughs> it's, um, there are, I can't imagine doing this alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially, exactly. Especially with someone else in the house who didn't see yes. it the same way. I mean, alone in the house by yourself would be bad enough, but yes. being, but being at odds with your partner over the raising of the child yes. would be very, very difficult. I can't fathom it. Unfortunately, we, we do have quite a few couples that message us or, or email us that say, you know, hey, I'm on board with this, you know, neurobehavioral approach, but my husband or wife or some so-and-so is not. Um, mm-hmm. my biggest recommendation is just have them take the one day, tra- one day, the six hour training, have them take that introduction training just to learn. But I say one day because back pre COVID, it was the one day training. And then, you right. know, it, um, but have them take that six hour training so you can truly understand. And then even before that, I, I say, have they read trying differently rather than harder? Because yeah. honestly, <laughs> when you read that book, it's like, you know, the first part of, okay somebody gets this and then, you know, you want to learn more. So I'm really thankful that you're bringing this up. And again, it's such a different parenting journey that we have to reinvent. We have to reinvent traditions, reinvent expectations, reinvent a lot of things. Can you give us an example, Lance, of how this working as a team, um, parenting, neurobehavioral parenting looks like in real life for, for your family? Yeah. 
Um, I, I'm trying, <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> um, I'll give you a very current example because my, my business has gotten very busy. Uh, this is a busy time of year for me and Tiva's back in school. So if I'm still at the house at seven o'clock when it's time to get Tiva up, I can't leave until it's time for them to leave for school at 745, 740-ish. Um, once I've committed to being here and getting her out of bed, I've messed up the routine. So I have to participate <laughs> or everything's a mess. Um, so if I, a lot of times in my business, uh, I have to be at a rock quarry at 7 a.m. when it opens. So that puts me out the door at 6.30. And so I'm not normally a part of the morning routine. But when I am, when I have a later start, I'm a disruption. So it's, it's very, it's something I'm still trying to figure out. This has been just this school year that it's been a thing. And it's, it's just a, a learning process still for me to find what I can do that's helpful and not, not mess things up and get her out the door on time still. And sometimes if I don't have to go anywhere right away, I'll go on the drop-off run. And so it's, it's just knowing that I'm a disruption at this point and, and figuring out how to navigate that to help the morning go smoothly is something <laughs> still working on. It's a learning process. I, I, totally. Especially now, you know, things have changed so much in the past two years that, you know, it, I think so many people are, are, you know, routines are different. Things are different. Jobs are different. So I, I agree. And, and my husband does the same thing. If we know that there's a certain routine and it's not going in and, and he's there when he usually is not, then we, you know, okay how can he help so that the disruption is not as dramatic as, as it would be if, if you were there, but, you know, not participating. So that's a great example, Lance. And it's also a really great example. And we talk about this a lot during our Facets Fridays episodes. It's a great example of stepping back and taking a look and saying, okay, what's happening here that we're seeing, you know, this symptom from, or this, you know, result from, you know, there's so much of that in the neurobehavioral approach of stepping back, reflecting, and then saying, okay, here's what's happening. We're going to try it. It's, it's, it's science. And there's also it's art too. It's like an art, you know, it's like, okay, today we're balancing more on this end. And today we're balancing more, you know, this way. And, and like you said, so perfectly, every day is different. You know, our kid can wake up and, and one day, you know, Hey, this, this works and one day it doesn't. So being able to step back and reflect, that's, that's a wonderful example. So that's a, I'll, I'll cut you off here. That's a, a really good point for parents because Stacy and I have a couple of times recently have had these talks where like after we get her to bed or whatever, 
and say, okay, what brought that on? (laughs) What caused that? How can we avoid that in the future? What, you know, how can we fix it easier this time? Um, Those kind of, I call it a debrief. Yes, yes, (laughs) it is. A a post-action review. Exactly. It really is like a debriefing. You know, it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, we do that too. And, And that's really important, again, because things change. And then especially as things, you know, as your child goes to another developmental stage or another, you know, milestone or whatever, you really do have to debrief and know, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what sort of worked. So that's, that's a great way to put it, Lance. We both have the moon app on our phone. And sometimes I'll just wait a minute pull that out and take a look and, oh yeah, we got a new moon. <laughs> exactly. That <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we totally, yeah, <laughs> we totally have, have no, when the, the moon is full around here too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my well, goodness. The full moon isn't as bad for Tiva. It's the new moon, the new moon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there it is. Okay. <laughs> that explains we'll just buckle up and enjoy the ride. <laughs> That's right. Or for us here in North Carolina, the like dramatic weather change, you know, like the barometric pressure, like especially like if a hurricane or a tropical storm or, you know, uh, something's coming. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like what just happened with the weather? Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get that. We we get that, too. We so. don't get those big drops on the West Coast, but uh, I could see that being an issue. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So, um this is all wonderful Lance and I'm taking great notes. So our listeners can, um, can learn from these, these tips and, and just these perspective angles that you can give to us from your point of view. So, um, what are some practical examples of how dads can begin to start making changes small? We, we can start small to better support their families in the neurobehavioral approach? Well, I, I don't know if it's a small change, but you have to buy in. Um, any, any good uh, football coach talks about how his players are buying into their system. So, okay, there's a sports metaphor for the dads. <laughs> but if you just have to all be on the same page and if dad or any member of the family isn't fully there, um, we need to find a way to, to bring them along, whether it's reading the book, uh, trying differently rather than harder. I, I like to reread that periodically. It's, it's a good short read, like when you're on the plane, if I'm flying somewhere, break that out. There's nothing else to do anyway on the plane. And, uh, and like you said uh, earlier, if you can get them into a one day or a three day or the way I think the way they're doing it now with the six week, two hours online um, would be a, a good one to get them in there and get, yeah. let them take the three day. That's a really accessible, that six week now is a really accessible, um, especially for people who would not have been able to physically make the one day training. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> thankful for that. And they keep moving the times around so it can fit different people's schedules and trying to fit one into the summer for the school teachers and things like that to, 
to make it more accessible for everybody, which is great. And they're, you know, they went from the four facilitators they started out with and added Stacy. And I think they added one other. Mm -hmm. So now there's six people to share that burden and and give lots of different time options for different people. So, yeah. Something else that has been mentioned, um, and I I would love your feedback on this. My husband and I talk about how, um, like you, my husband was brought up, you know, strict parenting, you know, very traditional parenting, very, like you said, what's the best advice you could give to dads who are wrestling with how do I let go of these traditional values and traditional expectations and the way things quote are supposed to be? The thing that kind of opened my eyes and I discovered this when we were having a a debate with my big daughter, who is 27 and a wonderful mother of the twins and the four-year-old. We were talking about spare the rod, spoil the child. And so I did some digging. I broke open the Bible and I did some digging and I learned that the shepherd used his rod, his staff, to guide the sheep, to steer them where to go. He didn't, he didn't hit the sheep with it. It wasn't a spanking. It was a teaching. And the word discipline literally means to teach. And then I applied that to what I learned from facets about teaching a child how he needs to be taught, meeting them where they are. And all of that kind of came together for me uh, and really settled me into it um, just a few years ago. I was trying, I was, I understood the neurobehavioral model, but I was still wrestling with that in myself and how to teach that to other people. And that's what I came up with. When you think of a shepherd, you're exactly right. He's, he's guiding the sheep. He's walking alongside the sheep. He's, you know, or he's walking in front of them or behind them, but he is with them. He's not, like you said, he's not hitting them with, with, you know, with his staff, he is with them. And that's what we need to do as parents with kids that have an FASD or another brain-based diagnosis is we need to meet them where they're at and walk alongside them and teach them as we're walking alongside them. So I'm, I'm so thankful you're bringing, bringing that up. Um, And not just where they are, but how they learn. We all have learned that our children are different in the way that they learn. And we've even Stacy and I've even talked about this ourselves because I'm terrible at remembering people's names when I meet them, but if they have a name tag on, bingo, hey, I'm a visual learner. (laughs) Um, And now I can remember the waiter from the restaurant that we haven't seen for six months. I can remember his name because he had a name tag on. (laughs) Exactly. So recognizing that in your in yourself too, that's that's key too. That's really helpful too. I'll be sharing the facets information in today's program notes. So if anyone wants to reach out and um, if anyone has any questions, 
I like to end our episodes on hope because hope is so needed on this journey of parenting um, a child with an FASD um, or having an FASD or being an educator anywhere you are on this FASD brain-based journey, hope is needed. And we know, we both know it can be very isolating. Um, what words of hope can you, can you leave for our listeners, especially the dads out there who really just want to see that change and maybe they're, they're not quite there yet. To me, it all boils down to love. The greatest commandment is to love, to love your neighbor as yourself. And certainly my wife is my closest neighbor and so are my children. And for me to love them fully, I have to make adjustments in myself to meet them where they are, to, as we've just talked about, teach them the way they learn and to just be everything for them. That's, that's, that's my vocation. That's a vocation that God gave me. I'm a father. And to me, there is no greater honor. And so doing things for my kids and my grandkids is just the greatest thing in the world. How can anything be any better than, than giving your everything to a child that, that you may not have birthed, but you said, this is my child. I, I, when, when she came up for adoption, I said, this is my baby squirrel and you're not taking her away from me. <laughs> and, I meant it, and I'm, I'm going to keep being there no matter what. I love so that. So everything has to come from within you. There's nothing, there's nothing out there that's, that's going to make it. You have to dig down inside of you and find that hope. And it's there. You just have to mean it amazing hope takeaway, Lance. I love it. Writing it all down so people can see it and visualize and, and see those words so that they can remember it every day. Lance Chart, thank you so much for being on this special DadCast slash Facets Friday, talking about working as a team in neurobehavioral parenting. Thank you again for being on FASD Hope, Lance. Awesome. It was uh, my pleasure. Happy to do it. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.